Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys, and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello and welcome back to the Princess and the Bee. I am so grateful that you are here because today you are about to have your world rocked. If you have been wanting to step on a stage, if you have been wondering, how do I get, how do I first have the confidence to get on a stage? What do I say when I'm up there? And how do I get on the bigger stages like TEDx stages? This is the woman to listen to. You are listening to the right episode because today I have Dolores Hirschman on. Dolores is an internationally recognized strategist and coach and the founder of Masters in Clarity. She helps clients clarify their idea worth sharing, design their communication strategies, and implement business growth systems. Her clients become speakers and authors and take their message to larger audiences like TEDx and beyond. She works through group coaching, workshops, one-on-one coaching, as well as public speaking. That is her specialty. Dolores is a writer, a TEDx organizer, a participant a participant in TED conferences. She is a CTI certified and IS. Uh, ICF accredited coach and has a business degree from the Universidad de San Andreas, Argentina, (laughs) originally from Buenos Aires. Oh, good wine there. Dolores (laughs) speaks fluent Spanish, English, and French and lives in Dartmouth, uh, Dartmouth, Massachusetts with her husband and four children. Well, hola, hello, bonjour, (laughs) welcome to the Princess and the Bee, Dolores. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. So, How did you get started with TEDx and growing into that space? Great, great question. So, um, you know, again, I'm from Argentina and I've been around, I've been here in the U.S. for 22 years. And I, I raised my children around businesses that I started, like I literally started a business every five years and there were companies that I could manage in a way that I didn't have to compromise being a mom and having a business, right? And so as my youngest started first grade and I had more time, I went back to school for coaching and I became an ICF accredited coach. And if you're a coach and you're listening, you know, sometimes you feel like, okay, now I'm a coach. So everything else that I learned before doesn't count. And I felt a little bit like as I, as I launched my business, it was great and I love coaching, but there was something missing. So I asked myself, what would I do for free all day long? And I, and I tend to ask my question, that question all the time. And the answer to that question was, I would hang out with people with really big ideas. And you know how life works that you start um, becoming curious or, or exploring in a path and then some synchronicities happen and, and the universe bring you, brings you answers. And I had been part of an event in 2012 
um, where I was a co-organizer of an event. And when I was asking this question, it was 2015, and uh, group of people were intrigued about what would it look like to bring the TEDx event to our community again, because we just have done it once. And they came to me and they said, look, I know you have the capacity to organize an event, and that, that's because I have a license and I've been to part of the TED big events. And they're like, you know, you can do it. Like you have the permissions to do it. We are your volunteer team, can we do it? And how do you say no, right? Yeah. And it was like right, literally right at the stage where like I needed something else. There was something missing in my equation, in my business equation. So I said yes to volunteering. And for anybody out there who's listening, to become a TEDx organizer meaning means that you've literally volunteered. There's no financial benefit to it. Um, you've volunteered to lead and organize a whole event. In my case, we ended up being very ambitious because the biggest theater in the city asked us to, uh, wanted to host us. Mm -hmm. So we went from, sure, let's do this, to we're doing it for 1,200 people, right? I wasn't that bored. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I want a challenge, maybe not that big, but anyway. So we said yes. And so, so, so that's how I kind of went into that space as a coach, as a trained coach, and sometimes when you say yes to, to, uh, to an experience like that, which in that moment didn't really have a very, it wasn't a very strategic business decision. It was just something I wanted to try. It ended up being, it ended up transforming my business and the work that I did, that I do. And so that was, I mean, that's just something, the benefit, right? Of, of, mm -hmm. of saying yes to an exploration. Well, I love the fact that you you followed your curiosity it was not like it was no pressure it was just it was just a decision that you wanted to hang out with people with really big ideas and you followed your curiosity to lead you to the next step you didn't have to know the whole path on how to get to how you were going to achieve that but you, yeah. exactly but you just did it and i and i love that that about you so what would you say is, who would you say is your greatest inspiration to, to become an entrepreneur? I mean, you said you raised basically all of your four children with different businesses over the course of every five years starting a new one. So what, what inspired you in, as, to be an entrepreneur? And also, what do you think is the difference between being an entrepreneur and the way an entrepreneur thinks and the way an employee thinks? Great question. So a couple of things. Um, I... I mean, it's recent that I'm seeing myself an as an entrepreneur. I guess it's about time. Um, but, you know, have you ever felt that, or maybe your listeners have felt this way, that labeling yourself is so scary that you're like, well, no, that's not what I am. I'm just starting a business. It might become mm -hmm. a multi-million dollar business. But no, I'm not an entrepreneur. That feels too overwhelming. <laughs> but it works, right? Um, yes. so, so I don't think I end I consciously ever said to myself, today I'm becoming an, an entrepreneur. The truth is that I am passionate about the projects I engage in. And when my third child was born, I had been the director of an online learning platform for a nonprofit out of New York City. And I live in Massachusetts, so I was doing remote work. And at the time, I was just, literally I was 
having a baby and releasing to the market uh, software we had developed, our 2.0, that I had been the project leader, and I felt like I couldn't have bo- two babies at the same time. That's uh-huh. really how I felt. I mean, yes, I was an employee, but I was committed to that, that baby. And so I kind of stepped away and my children needed me at home. So, so it was a decision to say, okay, I need someone else to mother that software baby while I mother this baby, right? The, the real mm-hmm. baby. And, um, and it really was in that ex- experience of being a full-time mom that I realized, okay, there's, there's something else missing for me. I need something to keep my mind occupied. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was inspired by a friend of mine in Argentina who was struggling. Her husband didn't have a job. She had three children. She didn't have a job, but she had put together a group of low-income women, mothers and grandmothers, and they were doing uh, hand-knit and hand-loom clothing, uh, which was beautiful, by the way. But the mission was to keep these moms and grandmas home with their children. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for something to do while staying with my children. And so I said yes to being part of that story. I wasn't calling myself an entrepreneur, but that's really what I was doing. So when, when you asked me, like, how did you decide to be an entrepreneur? The answer is I never decided to be an entrepreneur, but I did decide to entreprendre, which is in, in French, like to start something mm-hmm. because I wanted a, a specific kind of life. Uh, so I know I'm not really answering your question, but I'm giving you my perspective of sometimes the concept is too overwhelming, but when you're clear of what you want, you might do that, that otherwise would feel scary. Oh, I totally, I totally resonate with that, Dolores, because as a, as a fellow mother of a toddler, I started scaling my business when I found out I was pregnant mm. and I remember during those first six months of being a new mom, I was so grateful to have my business because Mm -hmm. it allowed me thought process and strategy and different types of thinking and new connections with people and conversations versus the, the sort of repetitive mundaneness of changing diapers and feeding and sleeping. And that's about the process for the first six months and having those, those growing, like, I love the fact that you were so vulnerable and I just want to honor you for that of saying, you know, yes, you're a mom and you wanted more, like you wanted more mental stimulation. You wanted more passion and that something, even though being a mom is amazing, for for me, like I need both as well. Yeah. And I have to say, I mean, you know, you have a baby. My youngest mm-hmm. is 13 and my oldest is about to be 20. Um, as I left my second child, my daughter in college last Friday, literally five days ago. Oh, wow. Um, so I have two in college, two at home. I have, you have no idea how grateful I am for my business because one, I can go and visit my kids anytime. Like my daughter called, I pick up the phone, right? Yeah. Because um, I'm my own boss. Um, but at the same time, I have a really full life. And so my daughter went off to school and I was excited to what I had going on. And now 
that I see my two older kids in school, like I'm more aware of the short time I have left my two boys at home. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to a soccer game and I'm going to drive you to school today. Um, but also I see that, you know, the next five years I'm going to be with them. But as my youngest go to college, I have big dreams. I'll be 51 when he goes to college. I was like, I'm, I'm barely scratched <laughs> the surface. <laughs> I told my husband, like, hmm, you're going to have to find a hobby because you, I won't be home much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. You see, my husband became became a father at 50, first time father. So he's a, in for a whole new life. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so looking at speaking, like how would you say if someone wanted to get on stages and share their story, where's the first place to start? For, it's a great question. I mean, and I, I'm assuming if you're talking to entrepreneurs or people that have dreams, the fastest way to move your dream forward is have a lot of people follow that dream, right? Or, or, mm-hmm. or, or kind of buy into that idea that you're sharing. So the first step is an internal job, is an internal process of, are you really clear on what is that gift? I call the message a gift, meaning when you walk away from stage, are you really clear what they take away? Um, that's the first part. Because what you want to make sure is that even though you want to speak, you want to make sure that what you have to say aligns with something people want to hear. I know this is obvious, but most of us don't do this pre-work. It's, it's powerful pre-work. I've had so many clients um, just ask me, they're like, do you ever get tired of asking the questions or like the obvious answer? Because when they, when they see it in front of them, when they answer the questions in a coaching session and it's like, oh my God, that's like the obvious next step. Like why reinvent the wheel? Like it just comes back to clarity. Yeah. Then they're like, oh my God, do you ever get tired of asking that question about like achieving clarity of your vision and goals and, and all of that and why you are put on this planet to do your purpose? Yes, it sounds obvious, but sometimes common sense is not always common practice. We all miss it. We all miss it because we, we just we just can't see it. Um, and I was just, I literally just hop off a coaching call on this because this client hired our concierge services. And I'll tell you more about it in just a minute. Um, and he's ready to roll. Like he wants this, his message to be spread to the winds and whatever. And I'm like, okay, great. But um, what is the message? Like, uh, well, I want to inspire them and wake them up. It's like, okay, great. How? Like, like, what is it that they do the moment you get off stage? What is it that you're literally telling them to do to get there? Oh, mm. well, uh, I'm not sure. So, so first step is get really clear. Because when you get clear on your, what, let's say, the signature talk or the core messaging, then you can get really clear on how to approach someone and say, hey, can I come speak? Because if you approach any event planner, organizer, curator, whatever you call them, and you say, hey, I want to speak at your event, the next logical question is like, great, what do you want to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) And you can't Uh, just respond, I just want to inspire and motivate people. No. Because they have a lot of those. Um, uh, And so... So, which means you, we have to have done the work ourselves. Mm. It comes down to that, right? 
Isn't that um, how what it always comes down to first? Know, we all <laughs> to avoid it. And we all hire coaches and advisors to tell us what to do. And at the end of the day, we got to go in and we got to do the work. Look within before you go or go without. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah. Look within or go without. And so, and so it's, it's, it, and here's the thing. And for all those people listening to Kim and I today, you know, if the answer to the, the question is, what do you want to talk about? If you find yourself answering with more than three sentences or more than 300 words, um, trust me, you're not clear. Mm-hmm. So I want, I would want one sentence. Like, for example, if you were to ask me to speak, I would say, I will guide the, your audience to how to clarify the message so that they can have their, they can realize the impact of the work. That's what I would talk about. I will literally teach them a framework on clarifying their message. I love that. And I want the audience to listen to specifically the language that Dolores just used because it was super powerful. So one sentence, she had how to, so what, actually, what she's doing, and so that yeah, they exactly. leave with something. It's yeah, very specific. It's very specific. So like the actual framework, and you can change, right? But the, the basic framework that I teach is to, T-O, in parentheses, action the word action so that in parentheses outcome so if you are listening to this start with the outcome because it's easier and you say so that so some for you um kim let me let's just work on yours all right what is it that your clients achieve from working with you or listening to you how to achieve courage so they, they achieve courage clarity and a next level of performance focusing on the direction of where they want to go. I know this is longer than one sentence. You're putting me on the hot seat, Dolores. (laughs) So that, so that they achieve their goals, so that they achieve new results, so that they step into their purpose, so that they leave fear behind. So for example, like my talk for how to claim your power, it is specifically how to claim, how to claim your power, kick fear off your throne and crown yourself as the queen of your life. Now, what that means specifically, it's really about ownership and okay. having, okay. having the courage to take ownership. Okay, okay. So here's, here's how I would say it for you. To take, to, to take personal responsibility in mm-hmm. your details, in your habits and your actions so that you can realize your full potential. Well, I'm just stealing that. <laughs> Take it. It's yours. To take personal responsibility in your habits and actions so that you realize your full potential. Boom shakalaka. That's it. I mean, it's straightforward. Yeah. And, and, and so here's the, here's, here's the thing, Kim. Let's say that you're at a networking event and someone says, hey, what do you do? You, I help people. I help women um, take personal responsibility on their actions and the details so that they can reach their full potential. So that's your answer. It's, it's short, it's tight, it's clear. But what it is, is a trigger for the other person to say, huh, tell me more. And am I actually reaching my full potential? Am I actually stepping fully into yeah, that and I that's, Yeah, basically what you want is for, for you to touch it. So that statement will touch, I mean, if, it's, if it lands, right? If it's, a, if it's divinely 
designed for that person to work with you or, 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 or follow you in some way, the person will resonate with that statement. Mm -hmm. And what will follow is their curiosity. Really what I'm doing, Kim, is, and again, I, I come from business school and, and marketing, and I'm using the push-pull strategies of marketing that have been there for all of our lives. Yeah. Creating um, sequence of words or statements or, or, or moments or opportunities for the speaker in this case, or, or the, the, the entrepreneur, if you want, to seed the conversations in such a way that is a dance of communication. Oh, it's phrased so beautifully. And of course, the, the dance of communication is the tango because yeah. <laughs> it cannot be anything else. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, so let's be honest. It is a, it is a seduction process. Mm, oh, you just hit on one of my hot button topics that I love is the seduction of, of that. It's uh, what Napoleon Hill calls sexual transmutation yeah. in his book, Think and Grow Rich. It is, there is a, the seduction process of creation, whether you're creating a relationship, whether you're creating a business proposal, whether you're creating incentives to buy your product or your program, it is it is a delicious seduction dating process. Correct, and in that and, and if you think it that way, is you you never write a proposal, you co-create a proposal. Amen. Because Amen. you listen and you step back and you don't dump all the information in the first phone call and overwhelm the other person so that they get so choked up with information they can't speak. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, imagine doing that on a first date. Well, that's it. <laughs> I always use the analogy. It's like, oh, uh, hi, do you want to get married? It's like, eh, it's not going to go well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to be married? And by the way, here's all the baggage from 30 years of living on this planet that I've experienced. And let me just unpack this for you right here, right now. Yeah, like, so no one's going to buy into that on a first date. So why is that applicable in your business? How many people do that? Hop on a call. Do you want to buy fifty thousand dollars? Boom! It's like, eh, no, mm -hmm. I don't know you. Who are you? We need to build. I actually talk. I don't talk about sales funnels. I talk about trust funnels. I love that. So go into why you call it a trust funnel, how and how you build that trust in that sales sort of relationship. Perfect. So I mean, so trust funnel. So. Let's back backstory here. Nobody knows this, but I like I, I lately I've been sharing it because it makes so much sense. I graduated in 1996. I'm dating myself. I'm 47 years old. Um, and when I graduated in Buenos Aires back then, my graduating thesis was titled in Spanish, but I'll translate it. It was titled "Marketing on the Internet: Relationship Marketing." This is before Amazon, before social media, before any of it. And what I said back then, what I predicted was that technology will, will allow us to come closer to the customer and engage in a deeper relationship. Mm. Forward, whatever, 20 something <laughs> years, fast forward 20 something years. And that really is at the core of what I do. Yes, I work mostly with speakers. Why? Because there's many ways you can attract your ideal client. Speaker is, speaking is one of them. 
uh, virtual or in person or podcast, it's all speaking. And it is at the, it's a first link in a trust chain, if you want. It's like, you, let's just play it out. So you, came are interviewing me, your listener who I've never met in my life listens to me. She hears it and says, oh, I like what she's saying. I trust what she's saying to some extent, not a lot, right? I'm still mm -hmm. a stranger. But I trust enough that I will click on her website or, or download a free resource or whatever it is that we offer, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that is an inspired action that with this vehicle, this space, Kim, that you create, you created a space for me to share what I do and get people to listen to me. And if they trust what I'm saying, they'll take one minimum viable trust action, right? It won't be buy my $50,000. Please don't. <laughs> if you're listening to this and I offer you a $50,000 program, please don't do it. Um, um, they won't because they shouldn't. And I wouldn't want them to. I actually wouldn't work with them. Because, mm -hmm. because whether you're delivering the service or you're receiving the service, both of us need to feel safe. A hundred percent. And the trust is also enhanced because... My listeners, I mean, for my reoccurring listeners who come back and down, continuously download and are subscribed to this podcast, they trust me. And because I trust you to bring, yeah. you, bring you on, it adds that extra layer of trust. Yep. Tapping yep. into other people's communities and other people's tribes, or as I like to call them, other people's kingdoms, yeah. it, it, it helps you be that trusted ambassador uh, spreading your message wherever you go um, mm -hmm. into other people's kingdoms. And when you can get people to buy into you and have you on their summit or on their stage or on their podcast or on their show or whatever, then it builds that trust factor into it as well. And I love Dolores that you said, um, you said like, Hey, here's a 20 minute free call by my program, by my $50,000 program. I literally was just teaching to my, to my princess process members, a, the, the sales strategy that did not work for me. When I first started my coaching business, I was doing those 20 minute free calls that everybody else was doing and selling that upsell, trying to sell like a couple thousand dollar program. Mm -hmm. And I was just not seeing success with that. Mm -hmm. And what I found was for me, when I owned my previous Pilates business was I had a, a lower priced intro class where yeah. they would get a private lesson and get a taste. They would experience the, the process. They would experience what working with me was like. And then I would sell them either into an intro package or a larger package. And so when I repeated that process in my business in coaching, it took off. Like, but it was just because I wasn't as immediately asking for like the the giant like marry me proposal. Uh, it's one just day one, which is creepy. It is creepy too. I also did that, but <laughs> <laughs> it worked for him. But um, uh, but yeah, your, so your husband told you said asked you to marry him on the first date. No, so what happened is he, he's from here, he's from the US, and he was in Buenos Aires, he was a tourist, and he met, like, by coincidence, I was invited to a dinner where he was, like, it was uh, two couples, so he and I and my friend and her boyfriend, 
And it was just more like poor American. He's alone in Buenos Aires. Take him out for dinner, right? And that's, that was the purpose of the, the dinner. But we met and he says that he went back home that night and circled the day he was going to propose to me. He didn't propose that night because <laughs> but he literally, he did, we did start dating like a week or so later and he did propose three months to the day, three months from the day we met and we got married seven months from the day we met. Oh, it's amazing. That's so, amazing. When yeah. you know, you know. Yeah, it's so good. When when did you know that this was the path for you that you wanted to pave and serve and and what what sign was it was it that moment that you just realized that you wanted to just hang out with people with really big ideas or were there were there little inclinations and intuitive hits along the way that al- allowed you to take that aligned action? Um yeah, so this is 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 a, a, a again, I, I think I chain of uh, different moments where I felt aligned. Uh, so here's the thing, for many years uh, before I started my more con- coaching and consulting business, I had this vision or idea of being like, uh, kind of like this advisor or consultant or coach. Um, but can you believe that at 38 years old, I didn't know that there was such thing as coaching. Mm. I have a sister who's a psychologist and I always looked at her and I said, I would love to do something like she does, but not what she does. Like I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want to be a psychologist or a therapist in that way. I just had this feeling like the format, there was something attractive about being with people and guiding them, but it wasn't that. And so at that, literally I didn't know coaching existed. And the way it worked out is that I was at a dinner um, when in 2012 and this person at the dinner table, someone that, you know, is actually a family member that I, I love and respect a lot of people. This woman, I don't so much. Um, but interestingly enough, she said something like, Oh, I'm studying coaching. And I went home and I said, what the heck is coaching? Because obviously it wasn't physical. It wasn't like football coaching. Yeah. Um, and I literally that same night or next day, I, I happened to be talking to my sister, again, synchronicities, and I said, hey, have you ever heard of the word coaching? And she's like, oh, funny that you mentioned, right? Um, my husband just did a, has a coach in his job, and he's from Argentina, and his name is blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, oh, cool, I want to learn more. And I talked to that guy, and He's like, oh, yeah, coaching is a thing, <laughs> and you can study it, and there's training and certifications, and, and, and that kind of, that's how I started in this path. But to be honest, you know, I don't, today, the way I work, I'm not, I, I, learn, I obviously use coaching in my, in my practice, mm-hmm. but, um, but I am passionate about impact, world impact, and I'm, I'm passionate about creativity in the form of ideas that can turn into things, movements, services, products, programs. Um, and so that's what I'm passionate about ultimately. So I merged my coaching into it. And remember when I said, I asked myself, what would I do for free all day long? Mm-hmm. That's actually what I do all day. What I do, what I would do for free all day long is what I do all day long for a lot of money. 
Mm. See, and, and that, that is something that I work with my clients so much on is living into your genius zone, because I do believe that the more you are operating in that zone of genius, the more your income can rise. If you are valuing your services and products and programs accordingly, like, which means you also have to value yourself and your own worth. But when you, yeah, that's all, that's a whole other internal process. But the more I've seen a direct impact with my clients, with the amount of money that they're making and the amount of time that they spend on a daily basis, working and living into their genius zone. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's how we should, all of us human beings should operate. Oh, 100%, because that is us living in our purpose, in the, in the thing that ignites us on fire, the thing that really is, is I, I believe, why we were put on this planet in some way to serve and expand. So as a child, did you have these big dreams? Did you have these, this, these goals of impact and creativity? What did you dream of being as a child, and how, did, how does that kind of fit into what you're doing today? Well, I graduated from high school and I told my dad I wanted to be an actress. He looked at me funny and then I said, okay, I'm not going to be an actress. I'm going to be a film director. And he's like, okay. And he said, go, go to business school. And then we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did. And I suffered. I didn't suffer. It wasn't, I, I just, here's the thing and this is another mini lesson especially for the younger crowd my daughter is now in school did I love business school not so much there were parts that I did I found my groove I found my pace I am so grateful I did business school because what what it did for me was it allowed me to frame my creativity into something I could work with like, like by, by building a business based on ideas that I have, like having the knowledge of how to build a business from ideas that I have, allow me to do something with those ideas. How many creatives do you know that are brilliant? They have ideas that could really change the world and those ideas never leave their hands. Mm-hmm. And so, so, yes, I always, as a child, felt, here's the thing, and this is interesting, and I'm, Thank you for asking the question. You're so welcome. Um, I, you know, my childhood wasn't, you know, one of those that I'm glad I went through it. I wouldn't um, um, wish it on my worst enemy. Um, <laughs> and, and I had a couple of moments in my life where I actually had dear, dear near-death experiences, all the point to when I was 20. Mm. Uh, 1920, when I had a pancreatic tumor and the doctors in Argentina said, you know, we can't touch you here. You have to go to a more specialized place. And I ended up in Miami having surgery there. I had a pancreatic surgery. Um, and everybody said goodbye. Like my brother, who's a year older than me, sent me like an I love you letter, which I'm like, oh my God, I guess I'm going to die. <laughs> my 21-year-old mm-hmm. brother is sending me this letter, right? Um, I never felt I was, but, but it gave me this sense that I always needed to play bigger. Mm. Um, am I going to change the world? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think we, anybody will change the world. I think everybody will and every, nobody will and everybody will. What I mean by that is every time we touch someone in a positive way, we have made an impact in the world. Amen. Um, and whether it's big or small, it doesn't matter who, who's measuring, right? And who has a measuring stick. 
Um, and so I had this sense that my life was bigger than my experience of my life. What I mean is that there was, um, see, and this is touching in my belief, if you're, if you're okay with this. Oh, yeah. I believe that when we are put into this earth as a soul, um, it's like the Mario Brothers and the video game, right? That <laughs> yeah. we're in a journey and we, we come into this world and our soul has a path that has to go through and obstacles that we will overcome. We can resist them and shrink and play small or we can rise up and, and, and wake up to the challenge. And every time we do that, we evolve as a soul and the human beings are better off when we take on those challenges. Um, and so I always felt that I don't know where I'm going. I don't know who I'm going to impact, but I know that every single day in the work that I do, someone, someone's life is better because I help someone bring their message out. And I just. Oh, that is. <laughs> Did did I lose you for a second? Because no, it was, just, it was so freaking powerful. I was like, she disappeared. <laughs> that was, that is the fact that I think it was so powerful. You just saying that your life was bigger than your experience of your life. And it's something yeah, that reminds me of what it does. It does. It reminds me of a quote that I heard from John Maxwell when he was on Ed Milet's podcast. And he said, your gifts are greater than you. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Your purpose is greater than you. Who are you to play small? Like literally, who are you to deprive the world of your light? Shame on you. Amen. I, oh, Girl, you are just preaching. <laughs> you are preaching. So, so how do you lean in to the challenges and the the fears on on a daily basis to to keep playing bigger? So for me, how I lean in is, um, and I do it. Of course, we do have all those moments. Right now, I mean, to be honest, today. The, the overcoming fear and getting the courage is easier. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize this until a few months ago, but I realized that I'm not a business of me anymore. Um, so in Masters in Clarity, I hire moms uh, because I believe that everybody should have the full experience of motherhood and work at the same time. So I have 10 moms that, we, that, I, that work with me. And actually, we're expecting two babies, by the way. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> We're in sweet expectation. Um, so I, I can't shrink to my fears or the, oh, what are they going to think about me if I say that or I post that because I have 10 moms who are in my caboose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I ah, keep on going. So, but, but I remember, you know, but it, it wasn't that way for many years and for me, to be honest, Kim, things changed drastically three years ago when until, until 2016, up to 2016, I was a full-time mom with my business that was full-time within the space that I allowed it to be, very successful in this small scale. In end of December 2016, my husband lost his full-time job. Um, we have four kids. 
And I literally had 30 days to, I'm going to say, shit or get off the <laughs> But basically, I said I had 30 days to replace my husband's income. Yeah, just to pay the, pay the mortgage for that month because we didn't have any savings. Um, and, and that kind of brought a whole other energy to my business. One, of course, I cried and cried and I played victim and I can't do it and blah, blah, blah. And then I get over that. Um, or not, I'll just plow through it. <laughs> but, uh, but so, so that was a big kick in the butt to push through and, and play bigger than my own fears. You can't see my wall, but in behind my desk, I have a, um, uh, a manifesto that I wrote, and I'll read you one thing. And I say, um, uh, we embrace the right, so who are we, right? The ideapreneurs and the service entrepreneurs for impact. We embrace the right and are willing to play big, even if we feel small. And we are scared to speak up, but we grab the microphone anyway. And really, it is about whatever it is, whether you have to pay the mortgage or, you know, you're saving lives or a combination of both. You know, at some point, if you are going to honor the fact that your life is not yours to shrink, um, it's uh it's yours to play to the full potential because it's yours to give uh, your gifts are yours to give yes absolutely you can charge money for it but it's yours to serve with and um and fear starts shrinking when you really truly understand that and i and i think also you 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 touched on a point you said, and you know, your gifts you can charge money for. And I know there are a lot of women in, in my audience who, who I commonly recommend the book Overcoming Under Earning by Barbara Stanny, um, mm-hmm. who undervalue their products and their services because they feel like they're being of service. And something that I commonly tell, um, uh, especially the members in, in my Princess Process group of you you cannot have a bigger, like our world has like money is the energy of currency and you cannot have a bigger impact if you are not making a bigger income. Yep. Like it is, it's it's just sustainability conversation. Yes. It's like, you cannot, if you cannot sustain yourself, you cannot sustain a a wider ripple. Like you need to, to pack that rock with money and then throw it into the, into the lake and the ripple will be massive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So how has, how would you say being a woman and especially being a mother has helped you in your career and in your evolution? Whoa. Um, So I I honestly, so there's two things that have helped me, especially here in this country. Um, I stand out because of my accent. And so being Hispanic has helped me. Um, and as a woman, I think, um, I don't know that I, that here's the thing. I don't believe that I'm better off because I'm a woman, but I think I embrace my difference as a woman when I am in, in a boardroom or in working in different environments. Um, and I don't shy away. I don't blend into a more neutral or, or male uh, energy um, by no means I, I don't I don't think honestly I don't think I can <laughs> I don't think I can um, and so for me 
I think as a mom, um, we are, I know that there is no such thing as I can't. Um, I don't know if that's being a woman or a mom or both or an immigrant. I think it's a combination, but there's always a way through. This just always is. Uh, you don't have a diaper. You, you have a, you're in a pain. <laughs> I'm sure we can figure something out, right? Um, there's always a way to solve the problem in front of you if you're willing to explore and be creative. And I think motherhood <laughs> forces you to do that, especially when you have four. Yes, especially when you have four. My goodness. I only have one and I'm like, whew. Uh, yeah, well, one is much, much more difficult than four. It's, it's, I it's, had more kids because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a larger, a, a larger leap. Like once you've, once you've done, once you've done one, two, and three, you're like, eh, four, add, oh, add, oh, add, yeah, add it. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And I, told, I always tell him he's going to be the smartest, most accomplished because he raised himself. I, did, oh. I, I didn't get in his own way. <laughs> mm. So what would you say is the biggest difference that we can celebrate that women have from men? And, and what, how has that difference set you apart in your field? Yeah, and so I think we have a capacity of connection that men sometimes, I mean, I don't want to generalize, but, you know, we have a need of community and connection that really helps us see things from a different perspective. Um, and so I coach, especially for TEDx um, or keynotes, I coach a lot of, I happen to coach a lot of sci men scientists. Mm. Um, like doctors and inventors and researchers. And they really appreciate me playing full on from my curious connecting perspective and not be afraid to ask basic questions because it really helps them come out of the kind of context or, or, complexity thinking process if you want mm -hmm. and bring it down to a place of more straightforward thinking which ends up being a lot more engaging and connecting with their audience with their audiences mm -hmm. that i i love the fact that you said not afraid to ask basic questions because sometimes especially when you're when you're speaking and especially for many of my clients who struggle with the not smart enough syndrome mm -hmm. of the belief that you need to use bigger vernacular yeah. vocabulary the, words. Bigger the, <laughs> the, the, the more the more you know high highfalutin in essence and yet at the same time it lacks it causes you to actually lose the connection with the audience if they don't understand what you're saying like i don't mind you dropping like an occasional, you know, word bomb of awesome, you know, Webster dictionary goodness. Um, yeah. But also the, the, the depth of the connection of, of speaking on a real level is, is super powerful. So Dolores, I have loved every moment of this conversation and I would love to get into a little bit of hot seat, a little bit of uh, rapid fire to wrap this bad boy up. Sound good? Yeah, sure. I'm nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> so who is your favorite female character in a movie or a book? Julie Andrews, Sound of Music. <gasps> oh, so good. I'm half Austrian, by the way. <laughs> oh, I well, with a uh, last name like Hirschman, it's... Uh... Actually, that's my husband's name. <laughs> oh, yes, that... 
So half Austrian. My mom is Austrian and my dad is Argentinian, but I was born and raised in Buenos Aires. Mm. And so if your palace had a swear jar, meaning potty mouth words, how much money would you have to put, how much money would you charge yourself and how much money would you have to put in it on a daily basis? How much money do I, so if I, oh, 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 I see. Uh, I try not to, uh, because I, I actually right now I'm being very intentional about it because my teenage boys is like every other single freaking word um, that comes out of their mouth. So I'm trying to be a role model. It's hard, but I'm trying to be a role model. So who, which woman would you trade places with in the world in all of history and why? question uh which woman i'm happy (laughs) (laughs) like i really am like i really am (laughs) um just for a day to experience their life yeah just not for like the whole life I'll, i'll probably um 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 uh oh what's her name um Audrey Hepburn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of my favorites. Um, beautiful, great wardrobe. Yeah. Humanitarian. Yeah, all of it. All the things. Who is your favorite female role model growing up? Hmm. Um. Oh. Uh, oh. Wonder Woman. Yes. <laughs> and if, if you were to have your success at twice the speed, how would you do it? How would I do it? I would hire more moms. I love that. I hope all my, I hope all my solopreneurs who listen to this heard that. Uh, one of the top things I, I say is like delegate yesterday. Yep. So... Yep. <laughs> Delegate yesterday. Work in your genius zone. Delegate yesterday. Um, And what is your morning routine that sets your foundation for your day? Yeah, I wish I was very disciplined with it. Um, Depends. But um, so my morning routine includes um, some sort of space, whether it's walking without music, actually, um, outside. Um, or sitting and meditating for 15 minutes without anything, just focusing on going in. Um, and then a good big latte. And, oh, um, flowers on my desk and behind me always. And a clean mm. desk. I love that. Clean desk. Marie. Con- Are you a Marie Kondo fan? I mean, it's funny. Uh, I guess I am, but I mean, I think I was Mary Conner all by that. <laughs> uh, I think most of us were. Um, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. I let, letting go. And lastly, how do you crown yourself? How do I crown myself? Um, how do I crown myself? Um, Whatever that means to you. Yeah. Uh, um, definitely a good book. Definitely without work on weekends. Definitely having dinner with my family. Um, And definitely delegating everything 
that I don't like doing like laundry. <laughs> There's no reason why any of us will need to do laundry. There's better ways to do it, including <laughs> child labor. <laughs> Oh, God bless having children for, for doing yeah. laundry. My son is not yet of the age of, of putting <laughs> he, away my laundry. He's the takeaway from the basket age. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he takes away from the basket, though he's very good at putting all his clean clothes back into their into the clothes hammer. Yeah. <laughs> he finds that fascinating and really like, but he's actually quite good at cleaning up. Dolores, <laughs> oh my goodness, it has been such a pleasure having you on The Princess and the Bee. Dolores has... I have to let all of you know that Dolores has an amazing concierge sh service among many of her other programs that I know you're going to want to hear all about. So why don't you tell us about some of your, your programs and how we can stay in contact with you? Uh, absolutely. So the best way to follow through, if you have listened to our conversation and there's something that inspires you, you can go to mastersinclarity.com and a couple of Think actions you can take. There's a big button that says free resources. Download any of those that appeal to you, but also there's another big button that says start here. And that's an invitation to have a conversation with my team. I do have a concierge service. It's been hush hush for about a year. Now we're actually promoting it. And what we do is we work with people who are in the very early stages of speaking. You've spoken a couple of times. You kind of know what you're talking about, but you just want to get on stages or podcasts or both consistently. So what we do is we work with you. We assign you a visibility manager that works specifically for you. And we research and pitch on your behalf every single month. Mm. And that's having great results. And if you are looking to get booked on stages, get booked on podcasts, like this is the woman to talk to and connect with. Dolores, I have loved having you on the show. Thank you so much for all the massive belief bombs that you dropped and nuggets of wisdom. Thank you for putting me in the hot seat mm -hmm. and giving me my own powerful breakthrough of clarity. So thank you so much. And Everyone, if you have enjoyed listening to this, if you have gotten this far and just listened and just soaked up all the goodness that is Dolores Hirschman, like please go to mastersandclarity.com, download the free resources and connect with her. She is an astounding woman and the impact and ripple effect that she is having in the world is tremendous. Thank you so much for listening, Dolores. Thank you so much. And as always, my fellow empire builders, own your throne, mind your business, and remember that your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.